0: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia,
2: and Derek Eagleton.
0: It is Thursday, October 19th, 2017, season 13, episode number 57. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We got so much to get into today. We didn't get a chance to get to a lot of our talk yesterday around the San Francisco 49ers, but uh still was a good show yesterday. Had an opportunity to uh have Daniel Wallach join us to uh, to talk a little bit more about the legal aspects of Zeke's case. Uh, And it sounds like from what the fans uh, have uh, at least tweeted me, uh, they got a lot out of it. So I thought it was a good show. But today we are going to focus in on the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys travel to San Francisco this Saturday and on Sunday at 3.05 Central Time. They'll they'll kick off. Uh, Let's start first with injuries. We had a couple different guys on the injury report that did not practice yesterday. And I need to get some clarity from you guys on whether fans should be concerned about this because these seem to be things that keep lingering on. You thought over a bye week, maybe you get out of there and you have a clean injury report, but there were two guys that didn't practice: Chidobe Awuzie and Tyron Smith. What should we think?
2: I think that, especially with Tyron Smith, that that he's going to get just about every uh, Wednesday off. That's just that's it's almost like the Tony Romo plan for him, and uh, until. He can figure something out, and it's probably going to be in the off season. I would imagine there could be surgery in his future. I don't know, but they're going to have to manage this the best way they can, and Wednesday after, Wednesday's practice is probably uh, more of a routine schedule uh, miss for him. I'm
1: not worried about Tyron Smith's ability to get ready to play in a game. I don't know how you couldn't be worried about Tyron Smith's like long-term future as it stands right now because this is – Season number three, where this has at least been a thing where this is. I mean, he's only missed two games ever because of it, but they managed him in training camp. He missed two games last year. He's had weeks like this where you're sitting him down and limiting him, and it's his back. And he's, he's an offensive line. I mean, you need your back to play sports regardless, but like you spend your career in a two point stance on the offensive line. So, kind of need your back for every profession. Yeah, well. Eh. Maybe. Eh. I think do you could be a writer with I am going to say, I just sit in a chair all day. I mean. You going have a bad
2: back, though, the way you sit.
1: No doubt. And the last. It's going <laughs> <it's gonna laughs> to catch up to me. Love you, kid. That was really good. That was really good. Really uh, good,
2: and there's no way he that was planned. No. No. But it's really good.
1: No, that was flat. That was off the. Off do it again. Off. Yeah. Back. tyron smith is 26 years old and still has a large chunk of his contract left uh luckily it's like the team friendliest contract in the history of the world but like i like i said i just i mean and i'm not saying i'm not saying like he's gonna have to retire or anything or i don't know what's in his future but like it how could you not be concerned that he keeps showing up on the injury report
3: And back injuries are one of those injuries that you can't really heal. Like, once you have a back injury, you have it for the rest of your life. So I am concerned about his future. Again, I don't really know the severity of it. But just seeing that, yeah, he wasn't able to practice. But going back to last year, him being out two games. And they say this is a different back injury. That's what Garrett keeps saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He keeps saying it's different. It's not the same thing. It's not it's he just it's tightness. He used the word inflamed yesterday. And and Garrett's sure to he's always sure to say he's not a doctor and I'm definitely not a doctor. Uh You're just an attorney. You becoming No, attorney. I feel like I an unofficial. I've never felt stupider than I did during that segment on that show yesterday. So I'm glad the word stupider. I'm glad the fans <laughs> glad the fans got something out of it cuz I was just like eh, what? Well, um It's like, do you believe that all of Tony
2: Romo's back issues were just non-related? How He had a herniated disc here, and he had another herniated disc, and then he had the transverse process injury, and then he had another back. I mean, okay, they might have been all different, but it's all from the same area. So I—
1: and it's, you're talking about, I mean, you have to move your, I mean, to Nick's point, you got to move your back to, play. so it's always, if it's something, if it's, even if it's different things, if your back's just giving you problems, like, she, it's not something you can rest or really with, fix, I mean.
2: Without surgery, I with, mean, yeah. surgery might be, but then again, like I said about Romo, it would then have something else, and DeMarcus Ware kind of was the same way, neck, back.
1: DeMarcus Lawrence is similar, don't, don't go. I wasn't singing right. any songs. Don't go any further with that. No. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, he had back surgeries in two consecutive off seasons. He finally looks like he's over it now, but it took a hell of a lot of time. So, like I said, I think Tyron Smith will be out there against San Francisco and I think he'll play just fine, but long-term big picture, it's gotta be concerning. Yeah. And as for Cheeto, I don't even, I don't know what to do with that guy anymore. Um, he I mean, it, it, the, it's it been an issue for him since mid-august and you know he, he he played through the giants game he left in the denver game and every time you think he's coming back he's it's he's had a setback with it and you know i'm not blaming him for that uh but it just is what it is, so. is, it, is are we this calling a set this a setback, setback? yeah
2: I, I i don't know if we i don't it's know it's a good
1: yet. good point i i meant he had a setback every time he's tried to play i mean i i did you know, was it the Rams or the Packers? He played the Packers game. So, But they he they pulled him because he felt it tighten up on right, him. Right. So I didn't mean, I don't know. It's too early to say yesterday is a setback, but it's just something that he's been perpetually dealing with since August. Garrett said he was going to be on the field, limited, but
2: mm-hmm. they did list him as did not practice. Yeah, So we'll see today. Yeah. Do so you expect
0: that maybe he returns today I to think practice?
1: He, I, and- I would expect him to be limited today. This is an interesting point, though, because we're talking about that open roster spot. I do expect them to make a move. Common sense tells you maybe defensive tackle because Stephen Pye retired. Lewis Neal and Richard Ash are there. But if Cheeto can't get this thing right for the game, then maybe you're thinking cornerback. Uh, You've got Marquez White sitting there. So, you know, that gives them something to consider. I would imagine that move will probably happen on Saturday. That's what teams typically do. So... That's something to watch. Oh, right when we're on the plane, yeah. Or when right, we're driving too. When I like, I'm gonna sit there with my laptop on Saturday morning. I'm just gonna sit and be like, "All right, I'm ready to write this when it happens." And then finally, I'm gonna close it and say, "All right, I gotta go to the airport." And right when I turn the ignition on my car, that's when I'm gonna get the email that you know
0: it might be the smarter thing. What's that? Write it before, send it on over to Kent, and then head to the airport and say whenever this breaks. Here's your article. Sounds
2: like a great plan. Like no one's ever thought about doing that. But you know what? When that happens, <laughs> then they, they go sign it. Daryl Revis right. or something yeah. like that. Somebody
1: no. that you weren't expecting. You try to stay a step ahead, and you still get.
2: I had, I had. <laughs> 12
1: well, why, don't you paragraphs. Three, why don't
2: we write
0: three or three to five different stories? Let's go um, all the way from. Because I'm trying to go Mark out and have like, a fun
2: time on Friday. Because it's Derek. still the 53rd roster spot. After <laughs> yeah, I wrote 12 point. paragraphs that they signed Namdi Asamoah. And then that had to just delete the whole thing. Wow. Here's another
0: novel idea. How about just tweet it? It's the 53rd man on the roster. All right. That's recorded
1: <laughs> on the podcast for posterity. So I'm when there's playing. no story on Saturday. I'm just playing. I'm just playing.
3: Um, Is there a reason I'll there's not a story on the <laughs> <Right>. website? Is
1: <laughs> there a reason why we didn't cover Marquez White getting called up? Or Yeah, Derek, I
0: was driving to the airport. <laughs> I try to ask questions. I don't assume anything. I it's like actually, to ask questions.
2: When I end up doing that, like I always think of you, and I'm like, you know, it's the better approach. It is the better approach because you
0: never know. I've been burned a few times where I went all in, you know, like, hey, why didn't I mean wh- what's going on? You're know, like, and and I thought about it later. I was like, I probably should have asked the question rather than yeah. just like going at people. But it's so true. now I asked. There a I'm reason, reason we don't questions?
2: have this story up? Yeah, Charlotte Anderson told us not to. Like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, good idea. Okay, <laughs> okay. all right. Let's uh, let's jump back in. Let's talk about. Um, I guess move on to the the San Francisco 49ers. And Dave, yesterday we did a, a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, you gave us a little bit of a scattering report, and
1: to be honest with you, I kind of missed it. No, I was thinking listening. about yeah. what we were doing to yeah. get our guest on yesterday. It's really hard to talk when you know that the Nobody person is. you're talking to is not listening to you, just so you know. Like, I'm not oblivious to that. Well, Nick
0: was listening. He so, was trying. Okay. Nick was
1: trying. You, know, you and, know
3: what? Real quick.
1: Just, it, it prepares you for marriage, though. Okay. So just get there.
3: I was thinking. You said it, I
0: didn't, but it's so true. Go ahead.
3: I was so. thinking how you said yesterday, how I was saying, like, it doesn't really affect us, the whole Sikh thing, but. Look at this week. We haven't talked about the 49ers yet, and we did spend the whole show talking about Zeke yesterday. So Yeah, yeah. it
0: affects us. I'm just saying I don't know if it affects everybody in the locker room like that, but, hey, you know,
1: it's probably a bit of a distraction. I can give you that. Would you like me to redo the offense or yes, start I with the defense?
0: Why don't we do this? Why don't you give us a full team scouting report? Let's, or, or better yet, tell you what, let's start with the offense, and then once you give us the offense, then I want to ask the question to Amber and Nick regarding the san francisco offense what concerns you most then we'll do a scouting report on the defense and then we'll ask the same question to them about
1: the defense does that sound good yeah. all right all right let's go i'm gonna try to abbreviate this because i did do this yesterday just yeah, you can just run because just you weren't listening give me the cliff the fans no. weren't listening. cliff it um the main thing i mean ob- the obvious thing is that cj bether is going to make his first start in this game and that all sounds well and good tell me how good he is well He's a he's a rookie. That's that's my point. Like it sounds like a favorable matchup, but he came in against a pretty good Washington team and and played really well. I mean, given the circumstance. I mean, he comes in, okay, first possession's a punt. Then he goes touchdown, field goal, missed field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown. And like we said, he had him in position to try to set up a game winning field goal. Bad penalty ultimately gets picked off to end the game. Does that happen sometimes
0: more frequently when a team goes into the week preparing for one quarterback? That quarterback comes out, another quarterback that maybe they didn't prepare for, especially a guy that they don't have a lot of tape on,
1: comes in and now can do a little bit more because there's, you don't know what he's. There's wants probably to something to be said for that, but I mean, you're still talking about a rookie and not, you know, not a f- number one overall pick. Like, a, he's a third round pick. Yeah. To steal a, a line from Garrett, like you would imagine in that scenario, you've got steam coming out of your ears because you're thinking so hard. Like the fact, the fact that an NFL defense couldn't take better advantage of him. I mean, he might be great, but you would still give the edge to the defense in that scenario. And, and let's not forget the flip side of that too. The, uh, here's a rookie
2: quarterback that didn't get any snaps all week. That's coming in there and having to play. Maybe he didn't get any snaps. Well, like they, have, they may have, they may have been seeing this some. coming, he going over the last. Certainly
1: didn't get as many as the starter. Yeah, he yeah, might, that's
2: he might have gotten some. But I would really hope Kyle Shanahan didn't set Hoyer up to fail and just give all the snaps to him, let him start. He didn't play well, and then pull him. So
1: so the big things to know, everybody should know Carlos Hyde. He's their second-round pick from a few years ago. Good. Good player. He's averaging 4.2 yards per attempt. He's also he kind of like Zeke in the sense that I think he could be a really good receiving running back, but they don't use him a lot. He's got 23 receptions on the year, although – he did have five once. Bethard came into this game. You think safety blanket. So is that because they're dropping the ball down? Yes. Bethard drops the ball down a yes. lot. Like a lot of swing passes, a lot of like little run and turn around and face back to the quarterback. That type kind of, of a stuff. good
0: thing for the Cowboys, right?
1: Good thing for the Cowboys because he's Lee's playing, right? No, I mean that's good. Good thing for the Cowboys in the sense that he's looking for the easy throw, right. but it's still a dynamic player that they're getting the ball to as many ways as possible. It's just, you know, and yeah, Sean Lee is supposed to be back, but if you're not tackling well, who cares? I mean, that, that could be bad stuff. Um, Pierre Garcon is the other guy that everybody should know. Got the, don't forget to put the little squiggle on the C in his last name. Um, 33 catches this year, no touchdowns, but he's averaging 13 yards per catch. He's like, not a big touchdown guy anyway, even when he was with Washington. He's like a weird mix between a big play guy and a possession guy. Like, yeah. he's a little bit of both. A lot of volume for him. Like, he'll catch yeah. a lot of balls. He's not, like, he's not purely explosive like a Deshaun Jackson, but he's not, like, this unathletic bum, Yeah, you know? Um, by far their best receiver, though, right? By far. By far. I mean, Mark, Marquise, Marquise Goodwin, who's mainly famous for being a track runner and aldrick robinson as of texas aldrick robinson did actually have a, a big touchdown catch in this redskins game but he's got he's got nine catches on the year on 24 targets so that tells me they're looking for him on a lot of chunk plays and they're not really hitting him that much the one thing i will say about mark he's good when, and i know this because
0: obviously he was a texas guy but he like you said he's a track guy he can burn you down oh he's like, fast he is as a hell. stretch
1: the field kind he's, of guy for sure he's the everyone has got one of those though See, but the the All right, Nick. the the, the, uh, the, uh, the con the the opposite of that argument is that he's he's good for like. Two of those per year? Like, he's got 16 catches. Could be this week, right? You don't know, but, but yeah. He's probably going to get three looks in this game, and one of them will probably be on, like, an 80-yard go route, and you just hope that your cornerback's up to the challenge. And what you
0: don't want to see is your safety doing the hand clap. Like, that meant something bad happened. He got loose. In the meantime,
1: like I said yesterday, like, this looks like a West Coast offense type of team, just in the sense of, like, they love them. Some 12 personnel, uh, George Kittle, who's a, I uh, I think a fifth round rookie this year. And, um, Garrett is like, I, I can't remember Jason. I, oh no, no, no. Garrett Selleck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Garrett Selleck is their other tight end. They're out there all the time. They use him to block. They use him to receive. Kittle's got 21 catches this year as a, again, a rookie and he's kind of their do everything tight end. A lot of a lot of passes near the line of scrimmage. I imagine that will continue with a rookie being their quarterback. Um, but it just it's it's like a it's a heavy personnel type of team. Like it looks it looks kind of old school when you watch them play. Like it's they're not doing that five wide skinny little receivers at every spot. They got a lot of a lot of big bodies out there.
0: Yeah, it's um, when you look at them statistically, they don't do anything particularly well. Um, they're in the bottom <laughs> quarter. Really. I mean, they're really in the bottom third, bottom quarter of the league in almost every offensive statistical category that you that you look at. The one that stood out is rush yards per attempt. They're, they average 4.2 uh, yards per rushing attempt, and that puts them 13th in the league. Again, saying that maybe they're not running the ball enough, but when they do, they've been fairly successful with it. Uh, so that's something worth noting, especially against this team that has given up something. In the, I mean, they haven't been great against the run, so that's something worth noting going into this game.
1: A name that I also would recommend you know is Matt Breda. He's their number two running back. He's an undrafted free agent out of Georgia Southern. I think he's got 34 carries for 150 yards, give or take. He doesn't touch the ball a lot in a given game, it seems like. But when he does, he he rips off 8 to 10 yards. Like, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, he was either catching a short pass and taking it 8, 9 yards or just going right through the line. Like, he's he kind of... To, again, to quote Garrett, he's kind of got that, ha! I hate that I just said that out loud. But, I do, too. Uh did not roll off your tongue like it does Jason. It doesn't roll off his tongue, either. It's no. not a good catchphrase. But, but it's good on a T-shirt. Sure. Um, but he kind of pops off the tape when you watch him play a little bit. So. All right,
0: cool. Amber, give me uh, one thing about this offense that concerned you uh, going into this game.
3: Well, you kind of mentioned it just now, the running game. Um, kind of interesting to see how they go up against the Cowboys, um, especially with a rookie quarterback. I'm assuming, or I would expect them to rely somewhat on the, the running game. And the Cowboys, 50% of the time, they've allowed the opposing team to rush for four-plus yards on their fr- on first downs. Now, that's big. Is we know that Sean Lee's coming back. I know Sean Lee's number 50, but is he that 50% that this... Defense is missing. I don't know. Um, I expect him to make an impact for sure. But again, I'm interested to see how it plays out with him being back on the field. It can't, it can't just be one guy that fixes everything. So we'll see what happens there.
0: So just to be clear, you're saying that 50% of the time on first down, when opponents run the ball, they get four plus yards.
3: Yeah, that's a, huge that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So You know where that
0: ranks
1: them? Oh, gotta be, gotta be I would bad. assume it's like,
3: I don't, I don't lower know, that third, one, but it's lower pretty low. Quarter. It's yeah. pretty low. Like that's one of their weakest points right yeah. now. So that again, that's something that concerns me and we will see Sean Lee back on the field, but every, everyone, I mean, I see Twitter and everyone seems to be expecting Sean Lee to be that huge difference maker and he's going to change this defense I believe in Sean Lee, and I think he's a great player. But again, not everything can rely on one single player. Yeah, some and of
2: those games, some of those plays were in Denver.
0: Yeah, the worst, the worst game they've had all season, yeah. stopping the run was in Denver, and Sean was playing. So, and that's not to say Sean won't won't give them a big lift. I think he will. But, yeah,
3: he will. But,
0: but at the end of the day, I don't know that 50%. you can say that that's going to fix everything, right?
3: And when you look at that number, I mean, fifty percent, considering all the guys that are out there we'll see how they do, but that would be an area that I would be on the lookout for.
1: I'm going to push all my chips into the table and say this for like the 18,000th time, and I'll look either really good or really bad. But I think people undersell what it'll mean to also have Anthony Hitchens there. Um, He's not a Pro Bowl player, but this will be the first game of the year where the Cowboys will have both of their preferred top two linebackers playing. Uh, They're both... Instinctive players; they both know the scheme really well. They've played in it. I mean, Sean's played in it for four or five years now, and Hitchens has only ever played in this scheme. So, and they play fast because of that, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and they and, make a
3: good team together.
1: They're good players. Um, you know, and, you know, they're not going to magically transform into this elite unit, but they got to be able to stop the run a lot better than they have. And having those two guys out there should help them do that.
0: And so, yeah, stopping the run makes a big difference. The linebackers that you have there; those two particular make a big difference in your ability to stop the run. Nick, tell me what uh, offensively about the San Francisco 49ers concern you most, concerns
2: you most. I have two points. I didn't know which way Amber was going to go, so I wanted to make sure I covered it up. I'll be brief. The receivers, uh, Pierre Garçon, when you look at the receivers that the Cowboys have faced this year that have kind of hurt them, uh, Demarius Thomas had a, had a big day. Uh, obviously Larry Fitzgerald had a really big day. Devonte Adams did some things. All of those guys are pretty, uh, well-built big, big receivers going up against the cornerbacks. When you think about Scandrick, uh, Anthony Brown, even Jordan Lewis, they don't have a lot of size with them. So that matchup kind of worries me Garcon against them. He's a possession guy. He, he could kind of get, get going. He knows them well, and he's had some days against them. So that, that would be one. And then, um, Another thing is that with Bethard in the game, I feel like it almost takes their bye week almost away from them because of what we said about hard to prepare, you don't have a lot of tape on them. We saw what the Giants did to Denver when they just switched up the play callers and and kind of and had different personnel in there. So I kind of wonder if having those two weeks off that first week's kind of out the window because they didn't, you know, Bethard got in the game. So it's almost like that that just basically uh, uh, stole their bye week from them in, in preparation, but on the flip side you're playing a rookie quarterback so th- that's a good thing too So those are my two things to to worry about, that maybe they're not going to be as prepared and they'll have some different things thrown at them.
0: We'll take our first break. When we come back, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. We'll get a scouting report. We'll find out what Amber and Nick think are the biggest concerns defensively against the 49ers. We'll do it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us.
1: With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want... Exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on at t Next and F Direct TV. Visit your local
4: ATT store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details.
2: Star Sports Tours is
3: the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and. Leaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best
0: of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A long-time locker room favorite of the players, and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com/cowboys to get ten dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: you back
0: to the break back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios we're talking cowboys versus 49ers and uh we've gone through uh, the deep i'm sorry the offense for the 49ers now let's talk about the defense dave give us your scouting report
1: i'm tempted to make you do this after the mean thing you just said to me that was not
0: mean it's true ask nick
1: has no. he become Mr. Grumpy? Like, is he always grumpy? Is he
0: always
2: just like...
1: That's not what you said. That's not what you said. And you know what I'm saying. Let's, nah, let's just move on.
2: I, I, I would be offended if I was Dave.
1: I'm not becoming Mickey, okay? <laughs> I'm not. i uh, not. All right. You know what's fun about, about what's going on? Oh, something's the, fun. I love it. Okay, shut up. <laughs> uh, what's fun about what's going on with the 49ers defense is that they switched. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but... You know, you kind of like when you think four three versus three four. The 49ers are one of those teams that I've associated with a three four for a long time now. I mean, they've been they were running it out there forever. They were really good while they were running it, and now they switched uh, to a four three. And so, what's fun about that is it puts a lot of guys into favorable positions because maybe that's where they should have been. But I've, also, you've been drafting for a three four for the last decade, so you got a lot of guys playing in weird spots. Um, Eli Harold is one that jumps to mind. He's a second-round pick who they drafted to be a rush linebacker, and now he's stuck playing Sam because there's, he's too small to be an edge, a, a down lineman on a, in a 4-3. It's kind of like you don't know what to do with him. Conversely, maybe their best player is DeForest Buckner, who is now playing three-tech, defensive tackle in a four three which is probably where he should have been in the first place so he's a better player there than he was. i th- I mean he was a great player he's one of the it doesn't matter for him he had three sacks as a down line or i'm sorry he had six sacks as a down lineman in a three four as a defensive end uh three, he was a three was four a he was a three four end yeah okay. wow um, that is impressive he's got 29 tackles and a sack and a half through six games he's consistently been rated one of the best interior linemen in football by, you know, pro football focus and all those types of places that do that type of stuff. He's, he's the guy that I'm really looking at. Um, And then you have Solomon Thomas, who you drafted in the top five this year, uh, which again, if you're still playing three, four, is he an outside rusher? Is he a three, four end? What do you do with him? But he's just your right end right now. And he kind of had a slow start, but I think he's figuring it out because he's been nominated for NFC defensive rookie of the week three times this year already he's <laughs> wow he's got 23 tackles and two sacks uh so he's doing a lot better than taco charlton it's not a fair comparison just throw that in huh? it's not a fair comparison but i'm just saying <laughs> if you're a beast you can figure this type of stuff out apparently as yeah. a rookie solomon thomas yeah
2: um you really real quick on him you realize that the, that he would watch the cowboys several times when Back when they were in Valley Ranch, and they'd had to go to Capel High School for, um, you know, days when it rained, and they go into the indoor facility, which always seems weird that an NFL team would go to a high school. Uh, but only oh, in Bond, Texas, only Texas,
1: only in Texas, <laughs> right there. Uh,
2: and and he would he would be out there a lot. I know he's done some interviews saying that he would he would you know he'd like skip class, I guess, and go over there and watch him play and all that. So here here he is, and then that that's only you know five or six years ago, maybe.
1: Three of the top 10 picks in this past draft are all from the Dallas area. Not bad. Really? So, Miles Garrett, Solomon Thomas, Jamal Adams. Wow. Yeah. None of them play for the Cowboys. No, I'm, unfortunately. I'm saying, but, but still, but impressive. For they the would, Dallas, all, would, they would all be upgrades at their respective positions. Um, Those top 10 picks <laughs> would be. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, Eric Armstead is a guy that the 49ers have spent a lot of. Draft capital on their front seven in the last five or so years. Eric Armstead, unfortunately, he is on <laughs> he is on IR. He hurt his wrist, I think, in this past game. Uh, I'm thinking you're probably looking at Elvis Doomerville, who you probably remember. Uh, he'll probably play left end. He was with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. He was with Denver, then he was with Baltimore. Now, and I think that's I don't know if there was a team in between there, yeah. but he's probably your starting left end now. Um, should we be afraid of him at all? Let's keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it I'll be interested to see how how the Dallas line. I mean, you got a lot of talent up here. Spenton, Buckner particularly. I, fortunately, that's the strength of your line is Martin and Frederick left guard maybe. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what Buckner can do. They flip him? Does he go on either side? Yeah. Yeah. Um Linebackers interesting. They uh, I mentioned Harold, your primary linebackers, Ray Ray Armstrong's your primary Ray Ray. Yeah. Um, he's your primary will. And then right now, Brock Coyle is playing Mike because Navarro Bowman is no longer a 49er. The big X factor here is Reuben Foster, who you might remember. Uh, he's He seems kind of like the spiritual descendant of Rolando McClain in a lot of ways. That's not good. He's from can Al- be good. He's from Alabama. He certainly seems... A little feisty. Uh, he was the guy that got thrown. On or, on or off the field?
0: Both. Okay. He
1: he got thrown out of the combine, if you'll remember. He freaked out on the medical I staff. You remember that, yeah. Um, what it, Do you remember the circumstances well, around that? It's just the NFL combine, I mean, in their defense, it is a grueling process where you spend, like, 15 hours in a hospital getting poked and prodded, and I guess he just had enough, and somebody, like, yanked on his arm or just, you know, he got he one test too many, and he wasn't that having was it. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, you think, you know, you're basically interviewing for a million-dollar job. You think you could keep your patience for a day. Um, he's dealing also, him, Ruben, and Ray Ray were... Somebody tried to rob them earlier this week. Yeah, I heard about outside it. Outside of a club, and they didn't do anything wrong, right. but they, it was just an altercation, and the police got involved, and so that's a thing. Uh, he was limited in practice this week. He's a first-round pick. I mean, he's a stud if he's on the field, but he's kind of been limited. Has he interest. played well for them this year? He's only played one game, Ooh, but he did play well in that game. So that's that something. That does sound a lot like Lerando McClain, does Yeah, it? a little bit. Yeah. Um, by the by, i what. I went to I went to the sample sale, the DCM sample sale last night. Found a Rolando McLean jersey for like, jersey? Yeah, it's like a t shirt yeah, jersey. I like, I never heard that. The term, dis- The discount was insane. Like, it was a twenty five dollar shirt for like five dollars. Obviously, I bought it. So you got it. it? Like, obviously, you're gonna hang it in the office. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet. I might frame it. I don't know. But he's one of my. Let's have,
0: have a giveaway on here
1: on the air. No, I won it. I bought it for me. <laughs> Go get <Kate> your own. <laughs> Um, all right, your secondary. It's definitely a medium. Yeah, it's a medium. It's a medium for sure. Yeah. I, I might frame it. I don't know. Um Maybe. A lot of LSU guys in the secondary, starting with not Eric. Eric Reed's the name you know, but Rashard Robinson is the guy you need to know. Um he's a long rangey, like six one safety or corner? Cornerback. Okay. He's probably the guy that's gonna be dealing with Dez because he's big he's big height wise, but he's skinny. But he, he can Des will abuse him. Well, that's gonna I think honestly that's gonna be something to watch is who gets the upper hand in that because Des has the size to beat him, but he is a good man corner with good height. So can that's he run? Yes. He's he's I mean, he's physically very he probably should have been a first round pick or at least, you know, a top sixty type of pick, but he got into a lot of off field stuff at LSU, couldn't stay eligible. eligible. Yeah. I mean, he if you have to leave LSU early, you really messed you it up. really messed up. Yeah. Uh and I mean, the same thing with the with Tyron Matthew though. He left early. They kicked him out, but he still got drafted and is making a name for himself, so good for him. Um Dante Johnson is your other cornerback, Quan Williams and Jaquiski Tart are Jaquiski. Tart. They're the guys Jack and Whiskey like just put it together if, if that's what you want to do. Sure. All right. Um, and then Eric Reed, who solid player, is notable for off-field reasons more so the last year or two. Uh, he's the other guy, along with Colin Kaepernick, who's been involved in, in the anthem protests. Wrote a really good op-ed about it in the New York Times. Yep. I advise anybody and everybody to read it if they get a chance. Um, all of that said, like there's a lot of draft capital on here. These guys aren't very good. They're 28th in total defense, 27th in pass defense, 18th in run defense, giving up 113 yards per game. 23rd in points. 23rd in scoring. They're allowing 25 points a game. Um, So I mean, it's a testament. I, I call it good coaching that they're not particularly great on offense and they're not particularly great on defense. But all all their games are coming down to the wire. So. They're doing enough to make it work, one way or the other. I kind of wonder if that's bad
2: coaching, honestly, because it, you know, you the, think? The, well, the games are coming down to the wire. I mean, you know, you know damn well if if Jason Garrett doesn't win games that are close, he's he's not managing them well. So uh, you you know you have to kind of wonder if you get down to that point in the game, are they
1: not doing what they need to? To, I mean, five in a row. I, that, I mean, that's you can make that argument, but I just think of it in turn. I mean, this has got to be one of the five least talented rosters in yeah. the NFL right now, I would guess. Um, and, and they're going through a big transition. They totally overhauled their defense. First time Shanahan's r- weren't running their offense. He doesn't have really a whole lot of guys that he would Including prefer to a have. Quarterback. Yeah, And they're still very, very competitive. Um, yeah. So you're right. I mean, they're not finishing in crunch time, but given what they're working with, I think it's impressive that – that they've given it as good of a go as they have. So
0: Amber, is there anything about this defense that scares you anything that you're concerned about with regards to this defense?
3: Not super scared, but I got a a few things. Um, So I was checking out all these stats and, you know, Dallas has done a really good job scoring inside the 30. So I think right now they're ranked second best in the league. Now, the 49ers defense has done a fairly good job of stopping the opposing team to score inside the 30. Touchdowns. Yeah. Inside the 30. A score, yeah. yeah. Inside the 30. So this is where I thought things got a little interested, interesting. And I think the Cowboys should be aware and kind of be careful with this. The defense, the 49ers defense, they're ranked in third place with. Redstone takeaways. Now, the Cowboys, they haven't given the ball at all this year, but this is my concern. If they choose to not run the ball and throw it, I'm concerned with these wide receivers, the receivers catching the ball, you know, not letting the ball not, not dropping the ball, and it's a fine line where the a drop becomes a fumble, and then now the other team takes it away. Now we've seen, Some of these receivers struggle with that this year. And with the 49ers being ranked at number three with red zone takeaways, I would say this is an area where I would be very cautious of.
1: Okay.
2: Nick? All right. Um, You know, anytime you have a a pass rusher that can get after the quarterback, it could disrupt the games. And and, and Dumerville is on by the downside of his career. But he does have three and a half sacks this year. It's not an eight and a half like DeMarcus Lawrence, but it's still, you know, he, he's getting to the quarterback. And I think if, if he gets in a situation where maybe he, they put him over there on Lyle Collins and he's a vet, crafty veteran, he's seen some things, he can start disrupting things. That could be one. Anytime you have a guy that, that can kind of take over a game that I don't know if Dumerville still has the ability, but he still ha- has shown he can get after the quarterback. So he he would be my guy that I, I think that you have to to watch that because you know, it takes 11, but but really, if one guy's messing up a play, then, you know, you can, you can be off the field quick. So th- that would be my guy to watch.
0: All right, two things I'll point out real quick. Um, the, the passing game, in the passing game, defense, um, they have given up um, a lot of big plays. You look at right now, they're ranked 22nd in 20-plus-yard passes that they've given up with 19 and ranked 30th in the league uh, with 40-plus-yard passes they've given up. They've given up six of those. So this is a defense that's ripe for big plays. We don't know if the Cowboys will necessarily be able to take advantage of that. They have had some big plays this season. Uh, I don't know if it's been at, at, a, at a big rate, but they have had some. This would be a defense where maybe it suggests they have some opportunities this week to have some big plays. But I'll flip it to the other side of this. and The same way I said that statistically, offensively, there was nothing they really did well other than their yards per attempt was pretty good. Uh, It's the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. The one thing that was pretty good about them statistically is that right now they're ranked fourth in rush yards per attempt allowed, uh, only only allowing an average of 3.4 yards per attempt. Now, that suggests that in these games, again, this could be a situation where the teams they've played have just said, hey, we're going to just throw the ball around and they really can't stop the pass. But when they've tried to run at least, uh, they've held them to 3.4 yards per attempt that's something worth worth noting and and being aware of
1: well yeah and I think that makes sense because like I said the I mean the bulk of the really good talent on this defense is in the front seven mm-hmm. especially if Reuben Foster plays in this game and that gives you a really athletic physical linebacker to help your defensive line um, I mean at the end of the day the Cowboys need to be able to run the ball against anybody but a lot like the Rams, this is a matchup where I'm thinking, all right, they have the they have the talent where they can probably make life difficult for you in the run game. You, your receivers need to be able to win some matchups to take the pressure off that. Right. This is uh, mentioning Des and Rashard Robinson, Beasley, um, all all those guys. I think this is this is a game where I'm thinking you pass to set up the run more than vice versa.
2: All right, let's take they, our final. They do have one area though, real quick. One area where they are the best in the league and that is punt coverage. They are the best. So Switzer is going to have a tough game because they only they only allow 1.7 yards on punt return. Oh wow. <laughs> so they I mean most Pretty of them Pretty much catch it and go down. Most of them is getting, you know, fair catches but Sorry, just don't
1: drop them. But they yeah, yeah, he yeah. doesn't
2: he doesn't worry worry about that. He's
0: He'll probably do it again. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and get some questions from you guys. Give us a call. The number is 214-872-2102, or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are, like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us.
1: With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said buy a samsung galaxy s8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on at&t next and have direct tv visit your
4: local at&t store today buy each for 750 dollars on installment agreement with eligible service new line is free up to 750 dollars in credits over 30 months credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. taxes fees and restrictions apply limited time offers See store for details
3: ice cold dr pepper and the dallas cowboys go way back they belong together like texas and football silver and blue shotgun formations, and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
0: Back. To the break. Welcome back to the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the star. Nick, go.
2: Tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. Make sure and put a good pair on your pair. Tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: Move on. That's all That's you steep. got for us, huh? That's Nick doesn't
1: like Nick doesn't like playing up the Tommy John advertisements. He's over it.
2: Well, you know, I was ready yesterday, and you just—I basically said I was about to do it, and then you just moved on to something else. We were so we
0: had so much going on yesterday.
2: I got it. I understand that, but when I said it in the break that I was about to do it, and you were like, "Okay, it's fine," and then by fifteen seconds later, you just kind of forgot about it. I think I did. you're okay, I Nick. Did.
3: I think I think you're gonna be fine.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Nick, for nothing.
0: Uh, All right, let's get into some Miles. questions. Uh, the number is 214 You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Uh, let's start with a call from Antonio in California. Antonio, what up?
4: What's up, guys and ladies? How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? Um, so, all right. Um, so, my que- I don't really, I'm not hip to what you guys are talking about today. I'm, just, I'm really calling about yesterday's segment, segment with the lawyer. I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, man, that was great, great radio. I listen on on a podcast in the morning because I work I work nights. Nice. I own a janitorial service, so I'm at, I'm up early in the morning. <laughs> but um, the reason my my call Amber, I think you're super smart, and I mean I love you on the show. It has a different dynamic. I, I just feel like you were beating that dead horse, you know, because it really doesn't matter whether or not you did it. I mean, it matters, but it, the, the the police didn't file charges and the DA and prosecute. So, in, in my mind. The justice system says he didn't do it because there's not enough evidence to, to say he did it. So, I mean, it, it, feels, it feels like it's a dead horse to keep going back and say, well, I want to know the truth and whether or not he did it or not. I mean, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of evidence that proves that the, the accuser is, is not credible. And we, we all know that there's people out there, not just women, men too, who make false claims against people who have money and power and influence. because They want some of that money, power, and influence. So I feel like we keep, we keep perpetuating the, 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 the narrative that he may have did it or not because he's a football player and he played for the Cowboys. And, you know, the Cowboys always have that reputation of having players who, who necessarily don't make the best choices. So that was, that was just my, my reason for the call and All right. my little two cents.
0: Thanks, Antonio. So thank Appreciate the call. I will say this, though. I think that's kind of what you got to yesterday, Dave, which is everybody kind of has to make their own decision on that. Cause yep. There is nothing that's clear cut that says definitively this is what happened. This is the person that was right and this is the person that was wrong. And so everybody kind of has to listen to the information and read the information and for themselves kind of figure it out. And I think, Amber, not to put words in your mouth, but it, it seems like what you were saying was – you still don't feel like you have enough clarity on that, and that's something you really wish you had more clarity on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I know at this point that's a dead end right there. You're not going anywhere. And, again, the whole fight isn't really about that anymore. It's more about the whole process and the whole case being uh, done fairly to Zeke. But, again, my whole reason behind that was just the whole point of hearing the NFL finding all this evidence or all these Little things to prove that he did, ma- he did you know the whole domestic violence thing and that he was guilty and therefore he has a six game suspension. So uh, that that's just out of curiosity. Like now I just want to hear it from both sides, but I know that's not gonna happen. And again, I think the whole fact that Zeke de- did all these other things, the whole punching thing whether it happened or not I know there was some confusion with that whole thing at the club the whole pulling down the shirt also what was the other one that he did the walking inside the marijuana shop all those little things I think it tied up to this bigger thing and the NFL just was kind of put up with him and you know did whatever they could to in fact suspend him for six games
1: not only that I mean it's we've talked about it a lot and you can only talk about it to a certain point, but you know, and and you, I mean, you have to, like you said, you have to make your own decision about this at the end of the day, but I would argue with the caller that it's important and it's important because he's a Cowboys player. And it's not, it's not like it's some kind of witch hunt because he's this visible guy. I mean, this is a guy that millions of people, you know, you buy your son or your daughter, his Jersey, and he's this representative of these things that you hold dear in this team that you love. And, For everybody that wants this to just not be talked about anymore because it's their favorite player on their favorite team, that's what makes it important is you kind of want to know, or a lot of people at least want to know, you know, what type of person he is and whether they should be supporting him. Yeah, but to represent this for the
0: caller, I don't think it's a matter of him saying, I don't want this to be talked about because it's my favorite player. I think what he's saying is there's enough information out there that clearly paints uh Tiffany Thompson, I think that's her name, yeah. as someone who is not credible. And even the person that did the investigation and talked to Tiffany Thompson on six different occasions said she is not a credible witness. So I think what he's saying is it's not so much about his favorite player. It's more about there's enough out there that suggests that she was trying to take advantage of a situation. Whether that's true or not, that's what it suggests. And he said from that standpoint, he feels like it's beating a dead horse because she's not credible. That's, that's what I think he's saying.
1: I, I, and you know what? I agree with that. But I think, you know, going back to what she was just saying, there's enough other circumstantial evidence. And and to be fair, it, it is hearsay. But there's, there's been enough troubling stuff surrounding Ezekiel Elliott that it bears questioning and thinking about and coming to your own decisions about. Um, and he put himself in that situation with questionable decision making, regardless of whether he's guilty or innocent of this particular act. Yeah, and to be honest with you, all those other things are very, very small
0: compared to sure. being oh, yeah. accused of, yeah. of domestic violence. And that's kind of what he was getting at in the locker room yesterday. That's what he has to fight if he right. feels like he didn't do anything wrong because right. don't want to live with that. I don't.
3: Think. And again, the fact that he is fighting this whole thing this hard and going this far kind of plays to the whole idea that if he— didn't do anything and maybe he didn't but again it's just so many little holes here and there throughout this whole case that it just creates some doubt and that's just me wanting to know more in detail and I did read all the details of the whole case and Tiffany Thompson and all that and even then I wasn't clear on what to think you know one moment you think one thing next thing you know you see something else and now you're thinking the other way so uh, we want to know but it's, it's important. But, oh.
0: All right. Let's get a question from Twitter.
3: Do you think Woods will get more snaps at safety and base defense with Byron Jones?
0: In
1: other words, take uh, take Keith off the field. Pretty much. There's a couple of variables there. One, which we already talked about, is that Chidabewuzie might not play in this game. It's early to say that, but it's something you have to wonder about. They looked at him at safety against Green Bay, so that's something that could affect the rest of the playing time. Um, the other one is cornerback playing time. The, is Woods going to play more nickelback? Where exactly are you going to line him up? I know, I know fans hate Jeff Heath, but I'd be pretty surprised if they look drastically different on defense than they have. I think, I mean, you'll see some young guys. Cheeto will be in there if he's able. Woods will mix in dime, nickel. Maybe he's played a little bit of base, yeah. Like they they've taken Byron and Heath Heath off in base a couple of times and put Cave on and Woods out there before. But you know, if you just if you're thinking Jeff Heath's going to be standing with his helmet on the sideline for this whole game, you're wrong. Do you think
0: that there is a? And I'll ask this question to all you guys. Do you think that there is a, a significant chance that by the time we get to late part of the season, December, that Xavier Woods will be your starting safety? How's the team doing? You, you you paint the scenario let's assume for a second that they're doing well. let's also assume that they're not doing well and does it
1: matter? if they're winning games, I would be surprised if they make wholesale changes like that. I mean even you think back actually in 2015, when they made changes i mean they've they've switched around the running backs they changed quarterbacks cuz they were losing games they're like this isn't working we got to find something that will
0: but heath is a bridge player right i would assume we all agree that heath is kind of your bridge to the point where you get a safety long term you lost your you lost safeties last year and so this was your kind of answer for the short term until you can bring somebody along right
2: is heath the worst safety uh, that starts
0: <laughs> no but he's the one you got the least invested in yeah, but like, the first round pick is not going to be a guy you sit on the bench unless you just have
2: to. I don't right? have to sit him on the bench. You can maybe play him in the other position. I, I guess that, that. I mean, but they're not going to move in the corner this year, are they? I don't know. I don't think I, that happened. I wouldn't expect Xavier Woods to be playing slot corner either. I mean, I, I just think <laughs> when when if Xavier Woods is going to play in the game, I think his skill set is probably similar to what Byron Jones can do. So maybe Byron Jones can play some some corner. I I don't know. I, I just feel like that. The one thing Heath does is that he he's he's pretty he's pretty physical when it comes to tackling. Now, if he misses Todd Gurley in the open field, then yeah, that's not very physical. But he'll he'll come up there and and bring it. I I think that Byron Jones, more that I see him, the more I think he's probably not built for the position. That's what I view. So if I was gonna take it, you know, put Xavier Woods in there, I think I would look at maybe Byron Jones before I would look at Heath.
1: I just think. A lot of times I think coaches hate to be wrong more than, than, than they want to be right, if that makes sense, you know? And Heath is a veteran who has played and he, he can tackle. He, he has made some plays before. He has those instincts uh, and he has earned the coach's trust. Regardless of whether you, the listener, think that's fair, that's the case. And I think it's going to take something drastic for them to just pull him and replace him with a rookie. Uh, that's just kind of my instinct. That's that's me guessing based on what I know about those coaches. But the fact that they
0: were that they did a similar thing with Carroll and Jordan Lewis. They got Jordan Lewis in there. He did took advantage of the opportunity. And, okay, and Xavier Woods is getting opportunities. What to happened play. there? There was an injury. I, I get that. All I'm saying though is there was an opportunity for Jordan Lewis to play. He played well, and they said, you know, Carroll's kind but of expendable.
3: Carroll is a guy that just came in, just got to the team. Heath has been here for a while.
0: Yes, so. but but the question still remains: it, Do you not see Heath as a bridge player in the exact same way that Carroll was a bridge player, or do you think he's in the, the Cowboys' long-term plans as a safety?
3: Probably not. He's but.
1: no. You're probably right that he's a bridge player, but you know you can space that out. I mean, Jeremy Mincy was a bridge player and he started for two years. True. So, uh, you know, he's under contract again. They trust him. They value him, and I just feel like they'll be reluctant to do something that dramatic. I mean, you know, we've already seen the young guys getting snaps, and I think that will continue, but I'm just, I'm talking drastic like, no, Jeff, we don't need you. We're good. You're not playing safety in this game. I don't think you'll see something like that unless there's an injury. And I, was, I wasn't saying that either. I guess what I was more asking is do you see a scenario
0: where the playing time kind of flips to where Xavier's playing more that doesn't mean they're not going to rotate, because this team rotates on defense. Like We know that. They're going to rotate guys in. There are going to be times you're going to have guys on the field that aren't starters, and you're going to have a, co- a lot of them. So I understand that, but I'm just saying, do you think there's a, a point where it flips to where Xavier Woods is out there more frequently than, than Jeff Heath is? That's more yeah, what I was
2: kind of thinking. I could see that, mainly because of uh, the special team's ability that Heath does. But again, like I'm saying, I, I feel like... They all need some some work. I mean, I I, yeah. I I couldn't imagine just benching Heath and just letting Byron Jones continue to go up there and take the wrong angles and get uh, you know knocked off the ball by you know tight ends and guards and stuff like that. So I I just don't know if his body type. I thought he would kind of develop into that, but I don't think he has. I I think he he is probably now more of a corner to me.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if it's the body type. I just don't think he's they're playing very well. And I I think that's for both safeties. I, I you said we said it last week. I think the safety position is the position that concerns me the most on this yeah. team because I don't think they're getting great play out of either one of them.
1: I think that's fair. And for the ten millionth time, I think it's more likely it's just a scenario where they're leaning on all five of those guys or six if you want to count Cheeto, whatever. But yeah. this this is just a platoon. Because there's there's no great answer anywhere. All right, let's take another question from Twitter.
3: Other than Garcon against our corners, which matchup against the 49ers are you guys more intrigued intrigued by?
1: Well, mainly, I mean, I, you have to stop Carlos Hyde. I think yeah. he's other than Garcon, he's probably their most talented offensive player. He's going to run the ball again. I look for Beathard to try to find him on easy open routes. That's on your linebackers, specifically Sean Lee, assuming he's out there. Um, and then George Kittle, probably. I mean, for a rookie, like I, he's he's got 21 catches, and he's already been targeted 31 times. For a guy that was drafted in the fifth round, that's pretty crazy. And, again, he plays a position that can be really friendly to a rookie quarterback. So yeah. Is this only the – are you just talking about the
0: offense or are you talking about offense
1: or
3: defense? Either way. I,
1: I think
0: Buckner's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on uh, just because when he lines up on what would be his right side and Cowboys' left side – and that that matchup could be favorable for them, you know, for defense. I mean, for a disruptive defensive tackle to line up over whoever's going to line up for the Cowboys at left guard, um, I think that can be a bit of a of a you know that can be a bit of a problem for the Cowboys, especially if he becomes disruptive enough to where. The running game can't really do what it needs to do, and especially in short yardage situations.
2: I think Tyron Smith's back is is uh, allowing Jonathan Cooper to stay at left guard. Right. Because I think in practice they like to keep the continuity there. And what's happening is when he doesn't practice, Chaz Green goes over and plays left tackle. Um, so I think that, that that's helping you know, Cooper stay in there. And, you know, in keeping him at that spot, because then you'd have to move once Tyron comes back, then you move him. And that's the problem, because Shaz Green didn't significantly show that he was better than, than Cooper. He might be a little bit better. And it's better. For, like you said, uh, you know, we've always said about coaches and scouts feel smarter when they drafted a guy that's playing. But, you know, I, I don't think I think at this point, Cooper is going to stay there left guard. Uh, let try now, to get one th- more are,
3: We've talked about Taco plenty of times, but the questions just keep coming in in regards to him. Where does Taco need to improve his game the most? Some options are balance, still biggest issue. First step, hence staying lower. What do you guys think?
1: I'm not a scout, but I just think he needs a bigger repertoire of stuff that he can do. I mean, it's almost a joke by now. Where Pass like, rush moves. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke by now where we're in the press box like, oh, spin move. Taco tried the spin move. It didn't work. Right. And if it doesn't work, then, then he And not have a whole lot else except to just Run and hope he gets past the guy. Like, you don't see swims or stutter steps or any of that type of that, stuff. To me, the, after all those things,
2: it would be upper body strength because he needs to just get bigger up there. Because what happens is, is that all these moves – that you see defensive ends have. They also have one called just the straight bull rush. You if 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 the guy's kinda off balance a little bit, you just straight go right into his chest and just shove him back. I don't think Taco can do that. I have a hard time imagining Taco just pushing walking a tackle into the He can't the back really here. do that yet. He'll get to that point and when he does, then the other moves will start to work. So he's gotta just get bigger and stronger. And you know for your He first, ain't gonna do that till off season. Yeah. And your first round pick coming from Michigan, I think that maybe they thought that wouldn't be as much of an issue, but you know, you would think a defensive end in the first round could have helped this team.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, can't the early the early report on him was that he was raw and he was going to take some developing. That is clearly true, but that can still be true, and you can still say that this is a disappointing output for a first round pick. Like you can be raw and know that it's going to take some time yeah. and still get Ho- a couple great still rushes, right? hope for more. I mean, yeah. it, Byron Jones was raw. Yeah, exact. I mean, and that's you're I mean, even. You know, I hate to even bring him up, but T.J. Watt is raw, and he's he's not J.J. Watt by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's had a sack in a month, but he's out there impacting the game. I mean, he's making tackles and rushing the passer and being a part of Pittsburgh's defense. But is that also because of opportunity as well? Like, it doesn't seem like Tackle's out there very much, which he he would be out there if he he was showing a penchant to do anything. But even
3: with the little time that he is out there, every time I see him, I don't know why, he just always looks exhausted. And I know... Playing this game is exhausting, but I also get to see the other guys, and they don't look like that, and I've been on the sideline, and every time I see him coming off the field, it's just like, he just played the biggest game of his life, and he's just done with it. It, it, I don't know, there's something, he just needs more work out there, and hopefully play up to his first round pick expectations.
0: All right, thanks guys for joining us. We are back tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production
1: of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
4: How about you, Cowboys?